HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. From simple to gourmet, nothing's fresher or tastier in recipes than homegrown, vine-ripened veggies and savory herbs. Do you grow your own? With Bonnie Plants, a kitchen garden at your back door or in containers can produce an amazing harvest for cooking and for sharing. Find how-tos, plans, and more at bonnieplants.com. Your recipes might not change, but your results sure will. Fresh, healthy Bonnie veggies and herbs. Get growing. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. And welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. Uh, today we are doing uh, another show about cheese travel, sort of cheese travel part two. Uh, we did one show a couple weeks back, and it just turns out there are so many different people offering interesting cheese travel opportunities that we decided to add another show. Um, maybe it's just because it's been a long New York City winter, but I, um, my mind has been on travel lately. <laughs> so our first guest is Elf Morgan, who is the IT director and director of Zingerman's Food Tours. Um, Elf, are you with us? Hello, Anne. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. So you're an IT guy and a travel guy. That seems like a pretty good yin and yang for your different parts of the brain here. <laughs> That's exactly it. It, it's, it works very well. It allows my creative side to come out in a different way than in my day-to-day work. Absolutely. So can you tell our um, listeners a little bit about how Zingerman's Food Tours started? Sure. We've been um, at Zingerman's offering food tours for probably on 15 years now. Um, I think Ari and Maggie started it. Ari's one of the founding partners of Zingerman's, and uh, we've always had requests from our guests who get enthusiastic about the food to want to know more about where we get it. And so we've been offering an opportunity for our guests to go over with us and tour the places where we get the food uh, for quite a while now. And it's come and gone. We've had it as a project on the side, working you know, a couple of tours a year now for about 15 years. 
That's amazing. So I would say you guys, as usual, are ahead of the curve. I feel like um, most people have started to think more about food as a as a, you know, uh, a vacation or a travel idea in, mm-hmm. in more recent years. Um, but that's that's really great. So it, it's actually kind of funny because I feel like that's the most romantic part of the job. You know, people assume that if you're an owner of a store that sells gourmet foods, you spend your time hobnobbing oh. in Europe with, you know, olive oil producers and <laughs> and cheese producers yeah. and the like. And it certainly is probably the biggest perk. But, um, but that's really generous of you guys to... Um, extend those opportunities and those relationships to your customers. Right. And we've had to do it in a completely different way than we would do with our buyers because the buyer tours, when they go to, say, Italy and work with our distributors there, they're brutal, you know, 14-hour days that run for 10 days in a row. They get very little sleep. They taste a lot of food. We decided we can't do that with guests. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be a different program. They get burned out. (laughs) Yes. So what is the experience like on on Zingerman's food tour? Well, one of our favorite places that we go and that our guests seem to love is Tuscany. Uh, we didn't offer Tuscany uh, very much. We offered it, I was just looking back, we offered it in 2002, and then I think we went dormant on Tuscany for probably 10 years, um, and we just started offering it again in 2012. And Tuscany is just a brilliant place to travel because people have a lot of ideas about it, and we can take them in and have a different experience most likely, than they think they're going to have, and a really great experience. And um, we often, we all, <laughs> we cheat also a bit, I'll admit. <laughs> we, um, we take people across the border into Emilia-Romagna so that we can uh, go and visit uh, the Parmesan uh, Reggiano producer that we really love, and, uh, you know, prosciutto, of course, and uh, some balsamic vinegars. And, uh, and then we come sneak back across the border uh, into Tuscany and finish up our tour in Tuscany. If you're that close, why not? You know, it would be a shame not to. (laughs) Right. In all of our tours, we offer an opportunity for people to cook. In the Tuscany tour, we do four um, cooking classes, and uh, we sort of divide it out in uh, terms of, like, uh, first courses and second courses, and and then we have a large pizza party at the end because we have these wood-fired ovens in our cooking kitchen that are fantastic, and uh, it's a great opportunity to play with uh, pizza in there. Um, we also go off and visit producers, uh, but we don't make it like a buyer's tour where it's a brutal, you know, visit to 12 producers in a day. Uh, we go off and visit ones that are really outstanding, where we feel like the producer really wants to share what they do, their passion for what they're doing, and tell the story of it, and allow us to get in there behind the scenes and explore it and, of course, taste the food. And uh, that's, that's a big part of what we do. That's an interesting thing you brought up because um, just because a producer makes a really excellent cheese or an excellent olive oil or an excellent vinegar doesn't mean they're the right person to welcome guests into their facility. So you guys must have to be pretty um, discerning about uh, which producers are going to fit sort of your your profile of, of, you know, who's going to welcome the guests and who's going to give the kind of experience you're looking for. It is. There are three things that we look for when we're designing the tours. It's It's got to be a place with a great product, of course. The food has to be great. It has to stand out. Um, and the person has to be able to communicate with passion about their food. And it has to be a physical place that's inviting and open and, you know, has some aesthetics to it. Um, the food can be made in very, especially with uh, EU and U.S. ag regulations, in very uh, clean room kind of environments, which, you know, aren't necessarily very fun to visit. <laughs> so uh, they aren't. Uh, it's fun if you're a scientist, 
uh, you know, interested in the process, uh, but to really get into it. So visiting places that uh, still have some, some heart to their production area uh, is important for us. Now, let me ask you about some different destinations, because, of course, Italy, you know, is one of the first destinations that would come to mind for anyone thinking about, you know, traveling and learning about food. Do you guys offer any um, more sort of far-flung destinations or places people wouldn't normally think of? We do, um, and we partner with other folks that also lead tours that are simpatico with us, that have the same mindset. Uh, we did a tour to Morocco a number of years ago uh, that was a fantastic tour and exposing people to foodways. They're just amazing, and Morocco as a country is an amazing place. It, it has every type of ecosystem you can imagine. It's got three mountain ranges. It's got the sea. It grows everything. It grows as much stuff as California does in terms of the complexity, um, and it's the people are amazing to visit with a, a really um, warm and welcoming approach to, to working with us. Uh, so that was incredible. And that was the lesson that we had when we came back. We were like, oh, my gosh, we can go to all these amazing places and take people to visit them. And we started making lists, and we realized, wait, 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 this isn't our core area. You know, our core area where our strength is as Zingermans is mostly European. We have stuff that we bring in from other parts of the world where we run into producers that are really doing great stuff. But, you know, our primary focus is in Europe. And so at that point, we went back and said, let's just focus on Italy for a while and work where our strength is and offer really great tours that we can feel are going to be fantastic for people to go on. And from there, we'll expand out. And we've done that for the last four years, and now we're in the expand out. We're offering a tour to Spain in the fall. It's already filled. It filled when we first offered it about uh, nine months ago. So we have a tour in Spain uh, where we're going to go to central Spain, to Extremadura and Madrid, where Extremadura is like the pantry of Spain. That's where food is produced. It's not a place that a lot of people visit to see museums, but that's where the food is. And we're working on a tour in southern France, probably around the Lyon area, uh, coming up in 2015. And uh, so those places excite us. And doing tours in our own backyard. We're doing a tour, our second tour of the Leelanau Peninsula here in Michigan, which is a fantastic food-producing area and a wine-producing. Oh, I was going to ask and, uh, about that because I know Michigan has such a rich agricultural, you know, tradition and, and new things happening all the time. So that's really great to know that you have the local tours as well. Yeah, absolutely. We we figure there are five main food groups that we try to uh, get into our food tours. There's cheese, of course, <laughs> wine, cured meats, bread, and chocolate. And if we can hit all five of those, we feel like we're doing a great food tour. Those are the five food groups for Zingerman's food tours. <laughs> that sounds like a really good. It's like all the it's all the food groups basically. Yeah, basically. I'm, I'm sure in some of the bit, breads we really do aim to get all of those. <laughs> Well, that is really, really wonderful. So if people want to learn more about your food tours um, and, uh, and you know, all the variety of things that you offer and possibly, you know, get on a list to sign up for a future tour, what's the best way to do that? We have a great website. It's zingermansfoodtours.com. And uh, you can get to it from any of the Zingerman's websites. We have all of, you know, Zingerman's is made up of multiple businesses doing various food producing. And uh, from any of our sites, we link to each other. So the ZingermansFoodTours.com has uh, got information about our past tours and future tours and what people have said about us and pictures. And Well, that is fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Elf, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time, and, and I personally <laughs> would love to go on one of these trips, do some R&D. Uh -huh. <laughs>
Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. I enjoy your show. Well, thank you so much, and um, stay with us. We'll be back with Rin Caputo of Caputo Brothers Creamery to talk about their tours. Stick with us. are back on Cutting the Curd. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. You can tune in to Cutting the Curd and a whole host of other tasty, delicious food shows at heritageradionetwork.org. Today is our second edition of our cheese travel um, exploration. And our second guest today is Rin Caputo, who's a frequent guest um, and a, a good buddy. Hey, Rin, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Always love to be on the show. Thanks. So you are on the eve of one of your food tours. You guys uh, launched uh, food tours, and you traditionally take two trips a year to Italy. Is that correct? Yes. This year we added a third, um, specifically for uh, a little additional cheese exploration. We're going to be spending a couple of days making barata in Puglia in June. So, uh, yeah, we now have three. Wow. I was going to say, two is already a lot. You, you, you know, you've got two kids, you're a cheesemaker, you're a farmer. <laughs> just just yeah. throw it right yeah. on the fire. Why not at a yeah, third why, tour? Why not one more? Why not? Why yeah. Not? <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, is the June trip already full? Um, it is. In fact, we are sold out. All three trips this year are sold out. And then we just sold out next April's trip. Um, sold out in uh, 48 hours, if you can believe that. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's been, um, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been an incredible response. I mean, it's just been proof that people are so interested in traveling um, on adventures that really focus, um, not that we don't do the cultural things, we do have some of that as well, but it's really just a food-focused through Italy, and uh, the response to it has just been amazing. Very exciting. 
So what types of things do you guys do? Do you sort of stick to um, going to visit uh, producers of different foods? Are there interactive elements? Um, yeah, can you kind of just give us a snippet of what you guys generally offer? Sure. So um, Dave and I, when we went to culinary school in Calabria, Italy, we um, spent some time touring that area and know that it's kind of the toe and spent a lot of time in Sicily and developed relationships with producers and chefs at different restaurants. And then when we completed culinary school, we took two months and traveled all 20 regions of Italy just from a food and wine perspective. Um, And so through that time, we were able to make just amazing friends who are now like family. Um, And, you know, these are people who make, you know, some of the things that we know traditionally in this country, like traditional balsamic vinegar or Parmigiano-Reggiano or Brat, as I mentioned, but also some of the lesser-known producers of, of, of things that we're just starting to hear about, like Culatello or Induya. Um, and so we, we try to give people, um, in fact, we don't even call it a tour. We call it La Passeggiata, which is a stroll, because it's meant to be like, we're going to take you and make sure that every meal you have is better than the next that you get to meet producers who are making these foods in the traditional manner or, or wines or beers in the traditional manner. Um, but we're going to show you how to do it like an Italian would. So, you know, we're staying in accommodations that are, are much more, you know, Italian in nature. They cater to, more to, like, the Italian and the tourist population. Um, and so we really – and then – through those different stays, we, we you know, will have, like, a, a pasta-making class or a pizza-making class. Or, like, on this June tour, we'll actually be um, uh, staying in an ancient lemon grove. And so we'll be making limoncello um, with this family who's been making limoncello off this land for, like, hundreds of years. Um, so we just try to create experiences like that for people that show, like, yes, we know... In this country, a lot of times what the commercial side is, but we try to show them what the artisan side is with the actual artisans in Italy. I love that uh, feeling of the passeggiata because I feel like for Europeans, travel and food are automatically integrated. You know, in France mm-hmm. and in Italy, when people go on vacation, they plan their stops according to what's produced in the region. And that's <laughs> something that, you know, we don't really do so much yet. I feel like it's going right. to it's going to happen and it, it is happening and will continue to happen more and more. But um, that's just a great uh, a great way to describe it. Um, <laughs> has anyone ever just stayed on the passeggiata? They're like, actually, I like this. I'm not going to come back. Yeah, I mean, we we have one woman who, um, when she goes in June, she had not been to Italy before last April, and then she went on our September tour, and she's going in again in June. So. Um, you know, she's in her 60s. She had never been in her life, and she'll have been three times in a year and a half. And so I, I think she's looking into when she goes in June, staying for like a month or so afterwards, because you become so comfortable traveling kind of in these areas where people don't normally go. Tourists, I mean, people go there, not just tourists don't normally go. But I think we give people the confidence to explore, you know? That's really amazing. Yeah, I was going to ask if um, most of the people who come on your trips are kind of, you know, seasoned travelers and, you know, real adventure types, or if you get some people that don't travel very often and need a little bit more reassurance. 
We get both, certainly. I would say about 50% of the people have never been to Italy before. And so we try to encourage those folks to maybe come a few days early and get to see Rome or Florence or, you know, Venice or, or some of the more touristy locations or stay a little longer afterwards. And we, you know, we've spent a lot of times in the big, a lot of time in the big cities too. So we'll, you know, give them some ideas and some tips on what to do there. Um, but yeah, I would say it's about half and half. I mean, you know, most of the people I would say that come with us are coming because they want something different than the big bus tour. I drive one van and Dave drives the other. And because we keep them on these nine-passenger vans, we're able to get to towns that you can't go to in a bus. You know, some of these ancient cities, the roads are so small, you just couldn't even get up there. Um, and so I think that that is what appeals to people. And because the group is so small, you know, we always say we'll occasionally have a mutiny. Like um, last <laughs> fall, we had um, just, a, a, you know, we had... We'd had a Culatello tasting, and then we'd had, like, a five-course lunch, and we were supposed to be going to meet with an, a craft brewer and then a prosciutto tasting and then have dinner. And by the time we got to the prosciutto tasting, the group just kind of said, you know, we want gelato for dinner, and that's it. Uh, uh, <laughs> and because the group is so small, we can do that. We said, okay, well, you know, we're, we're, we, can, we can react and respond um, to those types of requests because... You know, this is their this is their experience. We're just there to kind of guide them through what we have found works for us. And we always try to save one day that's a little later in the tour. Um, we call it the choose your own adventure day. So what we do is we take the first like four or five days and kind of observe the group and see what their interests are. And then we plan that day based on what we see as the interest of the group. Um, and it's, I think it's kind of fun because, you know, when you, when you, when you sign on for a trip like that, you know, I, I find that people tell me, I read the itinerary like 50 times and, you know, every day leading up to it. And, and so to know that there's one day that's a complete surprise and that, you know, it's like a little gift in the middle of the trip. And so we try to make it fun and because the group is small, we can do that. And be, and that's great too, because, um, I feel like when people go on tours, um, in general, they're looking for something special, experiential, which your whole tour is. But I mean, to add that added element then of, of doing something that's a little bit unexpected and tailored to the interests of the group is just really cool. Um, so, well, it sounds like if you want to get on one of the Caputo Brothers Creamery tours, you have to wait until summer of 2015, but well worth the wait. Um, if people want to sign up, where should they go? Um, to our website, um, caputobrotherscreamery.com. Um, and the best thing to do is to subscribe to our newsletter. Um, we have made a commitment that our newsletter subscribers get first. Um, we release the information there first before we put it out on any of our website or social media channels. Um, so if they get the newsletter, then that will prepare them because we'll be releasing the dates for next June here within the next month or so. Um, and then... You know, that way people will be the first to know um, about that trip. And, you know, we have tossed around maybe doing a few others, just trying to see how that would work into our schedule. But, you know, right now, three, I think, is just about all we can handle. So <laughs> You guys you know, have a we, full plate. <laughs> we do, we do. But, you know, it's, 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 it's good for us to get to go over there. So I, I, I'm excited, particularly after this winter. 
we leave in a week and a half, so I'm ready. <laughs> well, I'm ready. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to talk and to, and to you know, tantalize people with ideas of traveling <laughs> in Italy. I know I'm definitely ready to get out of uh, the cold northwest too, or northeast too. But um, all right. Well, thank you again, Rin, and uh, I'm thank sure you. we'll have you back on the show soon. Okay. Thanks so much. All Bye-bye. right. We'll be back next week with another episode of Cutting the Curd. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.